Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. 34, if you can, please stand in reverence of the word. Psalms 34, it's a very familiar passage and I think it's very fitting for where we are this morning. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him from out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. But verse 8 says something that I think is very fitting. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Let us pray this morning. Father God, this morning before we ask you for anything, we thank you for everything. Not only that, God, we thank you for being our everything. God, you have showed up when nobody else has. You have stepped in when people counted us out. You have been a deliverer. You've been a healer. You've been a saver. So, God, this morning we just thank you, not for what you do, but for who you are. If you never do another thing, you've already done enough. God, we thank you for being God. Now, God, we set this order of service. We've practiced. We've rehearsed. But, God, we need you to do something in this moment that we can't do. Heal, save, deliver, destroy yokes. Don't just break them. We need you to show up like only you can. Do like the old folks say and just throw your weight around in here for a little bit. Your people have made it through the tribulations on their job. Your people have made it through all the hurt and harm at home, God, just for this moment right here. And so we need you to do something like only you can. So have your way. That's our only declaration for this morning. Have your way in our service. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in our businesses. Have your way in our homes. Have your way. We've tried our agenda long enough, God, but now it's time that we put it back in your hands. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Good morning to you. Yes, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we're going to rejoice. We're going to rejoice. And be glad in it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord? How many of you are glad that you are saved, filled with this Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we come this morning to lift our voices and to give him all the glory, honor, and praise that is due to him. Amen. Amen. Come on, God. Come on. Let's put put our hands together as we lift our voices unto God. Water you turned into wine. You opened the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. There's none like you. Come on and sing with Into the darkness, into the darkness. 
There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no 
some kind of great praise. We serve an awesome God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Blessed be God who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And then he has seated us in heavenly places where those spiritual blessings are. That's grace. That's grace. You all may be seated. First, let me welcome all who are worshiping with us today. Whether you're worshiping in person or online, welcome to you. We are glad that you're here. If you've chosen to come into the sanctuary today, into the physical building, we're grateful that you're here. We're glad you're here. We don't take it lightly. As a matter of fact, uh, if you are worshiping with us and you don't consider yourself a part of the Mount Calvary Nation, if you're able, if you don't mind, would you stand so we can see who you are and where you are? God bless you. Mount Calvary, make them feel welcome, would you? Make them feel welcome. worshiping with us online, you're in the e-congregation this morning, we want to say to you, welcome as well. We're glad that you've chosen to worship with us virtually. Uh, while we've been in this pandemic, uh, the majority of us are still online. We're grateful for the technology that allows us to worship together virtually, and we're grateful for the people behind the technology who make it possible every week for us to be together. God bless you and welcome. 
Certainly, I want to, um, I, I do want to just make mention and welcome uh, our county commissioner, Carolyn Rice. Uh, God bless you. Good to see you, ma'am. Good to see you. And then I, I have some family here. Um, well, actually, I guess by now they're all of our family, really. Um, Y'all hear about them every morning on prayer. My cousin Charlotte and Nudie from Texarkana, Texas, they are here. God bless you. Uh, is Bruce here yet? Did you call and wake him up? <laughs> no, my, my cousin Bruce from Alabama. <laughs> gotcha. All right. No problem. But welcome to all of you. Miss Shanette, it's so good to see you today. God bless you. Brother Arthur Williams, are you here in the building or are you, are you online? He's online. All right. Uh, today he celebrates 27 years clean and sober. All praise to Almighty God. Deacon Taylor, you had a special day this week, didn't you? Last week? Yes, sir. You turned 92. <laughs> Not. Oh, he said, don't, don't tell his age. Oh, 91. Okay. Sorry, your daughter's the one who told me. This. <laughs> well, hold on. Let me get your mic, Deke. You've been good. You've been good. You've been good. You've been good. 
chicken of nine of 89 years old awesome God is good we do have a card of thanks from sister Debbie Waters dear Mount Calvary Church thank you for all your prayers your phone calls your cards of encouragement special services and offerings to my family during our hour of bereavement of the homegoing celebration of life. Your thoughtfulness will always be remembered. This is from the family of Brother Rick Moyer. Uh, also, another card of thanks, Pastor Sam, elect Lady C in the Mount Calvary Church family. Thank you for all your prayers, well wishes, and cards as I went through the nine-hour knee surgery and now the rehabilitation process. I hope to see you all soon. And this comes from Christy Jackson. Good. We'll keep her in our prayers. If you haven't noticed, uh, as of actually yesterday, here in the building, masks at Mount Calvary are now optional. Uh, if you choose to wear your mask, you can continue to. If you do not choose to wear it, you don't have to. Uh, the only thing I ask, the only thing we all ask, is that you don't breathe on us. Don't cough on us, all right? And if you feel sick, if you don't feel like yourself, stay at home, all right? Stay home. God bless you. Um, don't forget that 
Sunday the 16th is Pink Sunday here at Mount Calvary. We will celebrate survivors and survival of uh, breast cancer. If you have something pink, wear it. Um, let's see. If you are a breast cancer survivor and you haven't let us know already, would you please call the church office as soon as possible, 937-268-6737, and, uh, and give your name, and we will make sure that we have something special for you next week. On the 23rd of this month, we are going to worship with the Greater Mount Zion Baptist Church of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I will be preaching. The choir will be ministering in song. Uh, they are going to feed us beforehand, and service will start at 4 o'clock. So we'll get out of here right after, uh, right after service. Uh, there is a bus going. Ms. Marilyn Rutledge, are you in the building today? All right, if you're interested... In, uh, if you're interested in a seat on the bus, you can call the church office this week and let them know, 937-268-6737. Uh, don't forget, on the 30th of this month, the fifth Sunday, we have the reschedule of Dinner with Pastor. If you have joined the Mount Calvary family at any time in the past three years, all right. Uh, since since the, uh, the whole COVID thing happened, if you have joined at any point during that time, you are more than welcome to come and have dinner with me and with Lady C uh, after service on October the 30th. Uh, it will be picnic style. We'll just go over to the field on the other side of the parking lot, and you can meet us there. We'll be glad to, uh, to meet you and put faces with names. You can meet all the ministry leaders that day as well. They'll tell you a little bit about the ministries that they serve. We look forward to seeing you on the 30th. Every year, the University of Dayton sponsors the W.S. McIntosh Memorial Leadership Award. It is a combination of scholarship and internship, uh, and it covers tuition, room, and board. Tuition and room and board. Tuition and room and board. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe it covers that for four years. Is that right? It is an excellent, excellent opportunity. Um, young people, there is, there is information out in the lobby. There are pamphlets on the table in the lobby. Please take one. This is very real. I, have we had a Macintosh scholar? No, we had a Gates scholar. Okay. Um, this is very real. It's worth a whole lot of money. Please take advantage. Please take advantage of this offering from the University of Dayton. All right? We are going to John chapter 6 is where we're going in our study today. We'll be back there right after we sing the hymn for this month. Uh, those of you who know it will have to sing it out loud for those who have never heard it. Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. If thou withdraw thyself from me, whither shall I go? What did thine only son endure before I drew my breath? What pain, what labor to secure my soul from endless death? I believe the words will be here on the screen. Let's stand if we're able and let's sing it out together. 
Come on, let's sing together. Father, I stretch. Father, I stretch my hands to thee. My hands to No other help I know. No other If thou withdraw, if thou withdraw thyself from me, oh, where shall I go? That's it. What did thine only son endure? What did? from endless death from endless death good amazing grace y'all know this come on amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved I was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see, that's it, praise God. working that uh, throughout the month. By the end of this month, you won't even need words. All right? Good. You can have a seat. You'll have to, you'll have to tell me this again. John chapter 6 is where we're going. Since I've already uh, seated you, just stay, just stay seated. The Lord knows your heart. 
We're going to start at verse 16. John 6, verse 16 and following, verses 16 and following. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Holy Scripture, and here's what it says. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Verses 16 through 21 of John chapter 6. You may be seated. Over the last couple of months, we have been looking at the miracles of Jesus as recorded in the Gospel of John. St. John gives us just a glimpse of the signs that were performed in the presence of Jesus' disciples. He said that there were many more that were done, but he only recorded seven of them. And he captured these seven miracles, these seven signs, because he wanted his readers to believe. He said, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And that's what we've been dealing with over the last few weeks, what we believe. We have been dealing with faith and belief. And so we have looked already at several of the miracles, the changing of the water to wine, what John calls the first of the signs. We've looked at the healing of the royal official's son in Capernaum. We've looked at the healing of the paralytic at Bethesda. And then last week we looked at the feeding of the 5,000 men plus women and children with two fish and five loaves. And today we come to the fifth of these sign miracles of Jesus that John records. And to begin with, I do want us to understand that John is not the only gospel writer that records this miracle. Matthew and Mark were also prompted by the Holy Spirit to write about what they witnessed that night. All three of these gospel writers include different details in their telling of the same story. That is understandable, right? It really just depends on where each one is coming from. If we ask you who are present in the building today to write tomorrow what happened in service today, we could have hundreds of different answers all pointing to the same event. It just depends on who's telling the story and the angle they're coming from uh, and what they're trying to emphasize. But it's the same Holy Spirit, right, who inspired 
um, Matthew and Mark and John. Same Holy Ghost inspired each one of them. For example, when Matthew tells the story, he's telling it from the perspective of someone who is writing to a primarily Jewish audience to convince them that Jesus is the Messiah that they have been taught about and waiting for, right? That's why he starts his gospel the way he does, with the genealogy of Jesus. He says, this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and then he works to connect Jesus to Abraham. Matthew includes some different details. The Holy Spirit has Matthew to record what happened to Peter that night. John doesn't even mention Peter. Because John has been trying to prove that he's the disciple that Jesus loved. Matthew included Peter when he said, Lord, if it's really you, right, let me come out on the water to where you are. And Jesus said, come on then. And Peter gets down out of the boat. You know the story. Mark's gospel, however, is not concerned uh, like Matthew's. Mark's gospel is not concerned about the genealogy of Jesus. His gospel is not concerned about so much where Jesus came from. As a matter of fact, Mark doesn't even tell us about the genealogy of Jesus. Mark doesn't even mention the birth of Jesus. He just starts with John the Baptist the forerunner of Jesus. Mark is not concerned so much about the beginning of Jesus' life as he is concerned about the end of Jesus' life. Mark spends chapters 11 through 16 on the crucifixion, burial, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. My point is that each of these tell the same story but with different details. And so for the purpose of today's study, we will focus on John's gospel, but we have to take into consideration the other two writers as we need them in order to get the whole picture of what's going on here on this sea. Now, if you have been in church any period of time, or even if you've never been in church, you have probably at least heard of the story of Jesus walking on the water. And today, as we examine this miraculous story, I just want to preach on our way to the Lord's Supper. Let me preach from this subject, the water walker. The water walker. Because John's emphasis is getting us to believe in Jesus the Christ. Some would argue that Matthew's emphasis in this story is on Peter. And that Mark's emphasis in this story is on the disciples who were working really hard and got really scared when they saw Jesus. They thought it was a ghost. But I would argue that John's emphasis is on the water walker. Let me tell you three things that I believe he points out to us uh, that, that I see in this text along with the other two as we look at the water walker. First of all, we see an obedient situation. An obedient situation. Now, forgive me, English majors. I know that that is not the right way to put that phrase. Because I don't mean to suggest that the situation is obedient. What I do mean to suggest is that the situation they're in is directly tied to their obedience. Are you with me? 
here we find the disciples in a pretty ominous situation a rather dismal circumstance John says in verse 17 by now it's dark Jesus had not yet joined them a strong wind is blowing the water is getting rough and they've rowed about three or four miles out from the shore that's the situation it's dark Jesus is nowhere to be found the wind is blowing the water is getting rough and they are in a boat in the middle of the sea about three to four miles from the shore that's the situation they can't see Jesus doesn't look like he's around the strong wind is making the waters rough and they are three to four miles out at sea that's the situation let me I'm trying to get you to see it it's dark doesn't look like Jesus is around anywhere the wind is blowing strong the water is getting rough and their arms are probably tired from having rowed three to four miles with contrary wind in rough waters that's the situation well pastor I thought your first point was an obedient situation that's right that that is that's the first point because John doesn't say it but when Matthew and Mark tell the story they make sure that we know that Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the boat he made his disciples get out there he told them to get out on the boat in the sea in other words they are only where they are out of obedience to him they find themselves in utter darkness, seeming, seemingly without his presence, with the wind blowing strong and the waters getting rough. They find themselves in a dismal situation, in a dangerous circumstance, not in spite of their obedience, but because of it. He spoke, they obeyed. He constrained them to go and they went. He said, get on the boat, they got on the boat. He said, go over to the other side. They headed over. And it's not smooth sailing. It is not sunny. The wind is not calm. The water is not still. It is not wine and roses. It is not a flowery bed of ease. They are obedient and struggling. They are obedient and fighting the waves. They are obedient and tired. They are obedient out in the middle of the sea. And this Jesus who told them to go there is nowhere around. I don't know who I'm talking to today. But I am talking to somebody who finds yourself in the same type of situation. Dark, feeling alone, wind blowing, waves crashing, and you're not there because you were disobedient. Jesus said, move and you moved. Jesus said, go and you went. Jesus said, stay and you stayed. I've come to tell you that where you are is not punishment for being disobedient. I've come to tell you that where you are is not an attack of the enemy. 
I've come to tell you that where you are is not the result of you missing his voice or misunderstanding his instructions. But sometimes obedience to the Lord will take you into something that can only be described as a storm. Darkness all around you. You can't see where you're going. The wind is blowing fierce. The water is crashing against the boat. And you know you obeyed his voice. Now you can't find Jesus. But let me point out something else that I see in the text. It was dark. The wind was contrary. The waters were rough. They can't find Jesus. But they keep rowing. <laughs> the Bible says they are now three to four miles out into the sea so they have been rowing for a while to get to where they are and I want to tell you this morning keep on rowing I know it's dark but keep rowing I know the wind is raging but you've got to keep rowing uh -huh. the water's getting rough but keep rowing. It may seem like Jesus is nowhere around but keep rowing. I know you're tired but keep rowing because the truth be told, y'all forgive me, but this ain't your first storm. It wasn't the disciples' first storm. When Matthew tells the story, back in chapter 8 of Matthew, they had been in another storm with Jesus. You remember the story. They, he got into the boat, and then the disciples got into the boat after him, and then the next thing they knew, they were in a severe storm, and the waves were crashing against the boat, and they are panicking, and Jesus is sound asleep. And they go to him, and they say, Master, don't you care whether we die out here? And Jesus gets up from his sleep. He says, y'all, y'all don't have no faith. And then he talks to the storm and says, Peace. Be still. It this ain't the first storm. Would you look at somebody and tell them this ain't my first storm? Yeah, he's brought you through before. He brought you out before. Didn't he see you through? Didn't he get you safely to the last shore? Didn't he make a way? Didn't he bring you out of it? Didn't he say stand? Didn't he say peace? Be still. Keep rowing. Did you catch what John said here? When he's describing the situation, he said, Jesus was not yet with them. In other words, John is saying, we may not see him yet. <laughs> we know he's coming. We may not feel him, but we know he's on the way. He told us to come out here and he wouldn't leave us out here by ourselves. And so until we see him, we'll just keep rowing. I don't know who needs to make up in your mind this morning. 
I know you don't see him. I know you don't feel him. I know you can't sense him, but you know he's coming. And until you do see him, you just keep on. I don't always feel him. That's why our relationship is more than a feeling. But I know it's just a matter of time. I don't write this stuff, I just report it. John said he wasn't with us yet. Not only do we see an obedient situation, I'm almost done. But number two, we also see an omniscient savior. Omniscient, that's just a $10,000 word, and it just means that Jesus knows everything, he understands everything, and he sees everything. He knows everything, he understands everything, he sees everything. John said in verse 19, when they had rowed out about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. Picture it, here comes Jesus now. Mark said it was the fourth watch of the night. That's when the night is its darkest. Here comes Jesus. Uh, when things get to their worst, here comes the Savior. And he's walking on the water. Walking, check this out, he is walking on the very thing that threatens them. He's using what's troubling them to get to them because sometimes the Lord uses your circumstance to make his presence known to you. Check it out. Check it out. They thought he was nowhere around. They thought he was nowhere to be found. But when Mark tells the story, he says, and I'm in Mark chapter 6 at verse 48, he says, Jesus saw them toiling. You missed it. Okay, let me help you. Um, Jesus has gone up to a mountain by himself. He went up by himself to pray. But the Bible says he saw them toiling. They are three to four miles out to sea. Jesus has gone up the mountain to pray. But the Bible says in Mark chapter 6, verse 48, he saw them toiling. He saw them struggling. He saw them trying to maintain in the middle of the storm. Now, check this out. The person of average height on a marvelously clear day can see just shy of, two mi of three miles across the sea. The person of average height on a marvelously clear day can see just shy of three miles across the sea. But here it is. It's night. The strong wind is blowing and the disciples are more than three miles out but Jesus sees their toil. He sees their labor. He sees them struggling. All I'm trying to tell you is that Jesus doesn't need to be right up on you. 
to see you. He sees you. He is not too far away to see what you're going through. He sees your toil. He sees you struggling. Just to, listen, it ain't a cakewalk to row in the storm. Somebody knows it's hard to keep on rowing. And I've come to tell you, Jesus sees you. Let me, let me borrow from the hymnologist. Jesus knows. all about our struggles and he will guide until the day is done he's not ignoring you he's not blind to your situation he's not ignorant of what's going on in your life he sees your struggle he sees your toil I'm sorry. I know I know you get tired of hearing me say it. But it's all I got. I don't have any farm stories and country stories. <laughs> all I got is this. My daddy used to say, I trust in God wherever I may be. <laughs> Upon the land or on the rolling sea. For come what may from day to day, my heavenly father watches over me. I trust in God. I know he cares for me. On mountain bleak or on the stormy sea, though billows roll, he keeps my soul. My heavenly father watches over me. Thank God he's an omniscient savior. We see an obedient situation, an omniscient savior, but then finally we see number three, an omnipotent sovereign. And omnipotent. So omnipotent, that just means all-powerful. Sovereign, that's the one who rules. The king. They, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. Stop right there. Do you know what surface tension is? Surface tension is the tension of the surface film of a liquid that is caused by the attraction of the particles in the surface layer by the bulk of the liquid, which tends to minimize surface area. All right? Now, water has a surface tension of about one, if I do recall from my science days. Now, there are some things that can stay on top of water. Uh, you may be able to carefully float a paper clip on water uh, or even a needle. There are some insects that can stay on top of the water because their weight is not enough to break the surface tension of the water. But Jesus is a grown man. And he just ought not scientifically to be able to walk on the water except he's the one who created it. He shouldn't be able to do this except he's the one 
who cuts the channels and tells the storm which path to take. He's the one who boxed in the ocean and said this far and no further. He made everything that's causing them trouble. Oh. Psalm 104 says he makes the clouds his chariot. He walks on the wings of the wind. In fact, the very wind that's blowing is blowing from his father's nostrils. He, he controls the wind. It's the friction between the wind and the surface water that creates the waves. He, he made all that. And by the way, he made the trees that made the boat that's holding the disciples. He made those. And by the way, he made the disciples too. All I'm trying to say is that he has all power. He is our omnipotent sovereign. He's in charge. He's running the show. Even in the midst of the storm, he's still in charge. Even in hard times, he's still in charge. I want you to notice as I get ready to close this that not once is the devil mentioned in this story. The devil doesn't bring the wind. The devil doesn't bring the waves against the boat. The devil didn't make them get out in the middle of the sea. As a matter of fact, I want to offer that the devil does not have control in that situation. And if you will let me be so bold as to tell you that the same devil does not have control in your situation, the wind that's blowing is blowing from the mouth of God. The waves that are crashing up against your boat have not come to take you out, but they've come to take you over. God, he's still in charge. In good times, he's in charge. In bad times, he's still in charge. In hard times, he is in charge. When the wind blows, he's still in charge. When the storms rage, he's still in charge. And I've got good news for you. He knows exactly who he is. That's why he could say to the disciples, Don't be afraid. Don't worry. It's just me. Y'all calm down. I got you. Because I got this storm. The Bible says they welcomed him into the boat. They willfully took him in. And my advice to you is to do the exact same thing. Jesus is telling you right now. 
don't be afraid. Don't you worry. I know who I am, and I've got this storm. Jesus is our omnipotent. He's our omnipotent sovereign. The Bible says they welcome him into the boat. They welcome him because they knew him. They welcome him because they knew that with Jesus in the boat, everything is going to be all right. Because when you have Jesus, you have a water walker. When you have Jesus, you have a heart fixer. When you have Jesus, you have a mind regulator. When you have Jesus, you have a healer. When you have Jesus, you have a deliverer. Come on in the boat, because when you have Jesus, you have a wonderful counselor. When you have Jesus, you have a mighty God. When you have Jesus, you have the everlasting Father. Invite him in your boat, because when you have Jesus, you have the Prince of Peace. When you have Jesus, you have a comforter. When you have Jesus, you have the great shepherd. When you have Jesus, you have the Lord of Lords. When you have Jesus, you have the King of Kings. When you have Jesus, you have the Lord strong and mighty. When you have Jesus, you have the Lord mighty in battle. When you have Jesus, you have the Word made flesh. When you have Jesus, you have the wisdom of God, the power of God. When you have Jesus, you have a doctor in a sick room. You have a lawyer in a courtroom. When you have Jesus, you have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. When you have Jesus, you have a mother for the motherless, a father for the fatherless. When you have Jesus, you have a prayer wheel turning. You have a fire burning. When you have Jesus, you have a savior. You have a savior. You have a savior. Come on in, come on in, come on in my boat, come on in my boat, come on in my boat. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Come on in my boat. Come on in. I've been waiting on you. I knew you were coming. Come on in my boat. storm didn't scare them.
The storm didn't scare them. The winds, there's no record of the wind scaring them or the waves. There's, they weren't scared of that. They've been through a storm before. What scared them was they thought that Jesus was a ghost. And as soon as he said, don't worry, it's just me. I said, oh, come on in here, Jesus. <laughs> Can I point out what they didn't say? They didn't say, get me out of this storm. They didn't even say, Lord, stop the storm. They just said, come on in. Because the truth is, with Jesus in my boat, I can weather the storm. I'll stop right there, huh? I'll stop right there. Y'all close the sermon. Y'all close the sermon. Tell somebody with Jesus in my boat, I know I'm going to be all right. passion for us to shout after we get a good message um, but I think it's very fitting storm survivors don't need no instruments now if you've been through a storm and Jesus got in your boat make noise for yourself yeah make noise for yourself you don't need no instrument you don't need no organ if you he got in your boat and you survived the storm make noise for yourself I know it's, it's culture, right? The organ is supposed to hit the right thing. Isaiah is supposed to smack the drums. But if you've been through the storm on your own and with Jesus in your boat, you need to make some noise for yourself. Yeah. He might not have stopped the storm, but he made sure I didn't have to go through it by myself. And that's reason for me to shout. Yeah, it didn't stop raining, but he got in the boat with me. That's reason for me to shout. I need to make it apply. He may not have took cancer from your body, but he was with you when you got chemo. It might not have been money in your account, but he was there when the lights was off, right? Make noise for yourself. I, he may not have pulled your children out the streets, but he made sure they came home every night, right? Yeah. Make noise for yourself. Yeah. Storm survivors don't need to be pumped up. When I think of the goodness of Jesus. Yeah. 
and all he's done for my soul cries out. Well, cry out then. Cry out. Yeah. Just take 10 more seconds. Yeah, I see y'all wanna go for it. Take 10 seconds right there and just praise him for being God. Yeah. Songwriter said it this way, I've been through too much not to worship him. I've been through too much not to worship him. It's now time and service where the doors of the church are open. This is the part of service where we talk to some people who are in the middle of a storm. And we make the invitation to welcome somebody into your boat. Y'all sitting here wondering why we shout, why we get so excited when we hear that name, Jesus. The truth of the matter is this, God sent his son to the world, not to condemn the world, but that through the world, he might be saved, we might be saved. Listen, I, I say it all the time, I'm not perfect, but I'm saved, and if I was perfect, I wouldn't need to be saved. Truth is, God knew I needed a savior, and he knows you need one too. And so if you're here this morning, we don't want the opportunity to pass by and you not get the invitation to welcome this Jesus into your boat. We have one. Is there another one? Maybe you're watching online and you want to be um, in the body of Christ. Go ahead and shoot us a message. We'll make sure somebody gets back with you. If you're here in the sanctuary, just slip your hand and we'll make sure somebody gets to you. Second call is this. Maybe I already know Christ. Maybe I'm already connected to Christ, but I need to be in the boat with some other believers that believe that we understand that storms do happen. We understand that storms do arise. But the truth of the matter is we got a savior that we can hold on to. Truth of the matter is I tell anybody, if you choose to be a part of Christ, it doesn't mean that you're gonna have a life full of cotton candy and unicorns, that's a lie. But it does mean that you don't have to go through life alone. Your friends may give up on you, family may cut out on you, they may turn their back on you, but you got a God that's gonna stand with you in the midst of your storm. And we don't want you to leave out of here lonely today. We want to make sure we partner you up with this God that we keep praising. And so if that's you, if you're watching online, shoot that message. And if that's you in the, here in the sanctuary and you want to be a part of this body of Christ, I tell anybody, Mount Calvary is not a, a special church. We're not a perfect church. We got our issues just like everybody else. But we got one thing. We love God and we striving to do better. We're not perfect. I can tell you for myself. But we're not perfect, but we love God. And you need to be together with a group of believers who love God just as much as you do. Listen, Mount Calvary cannot be the church that it is called to be without you. We need you just as much as you need us. What is a puzzle with a meets and peace? We need you to be a part of this puzzle so we can be all that God has called this church to be. And if that's you, just slip your hand in here or shoot us a message online. Do me a favor, help me with a little sanctuary participation. Look to your left and your right, ask your person, are you saved? 
And do you have a home church? And if they say anything other than yes, go ahead and just pull them up here, please. If there's no one, let the church say amen. Where's Miss Prisca? There you are. Okay. Come up here, Miss Prisca, would you? Miss Ungold? We're going to pray with some of the saints today. Miss um, Annette's um, brother had a stroke, and um, Gloria is having a nine hour brain surgery. And then her uncle Junie has uh, stage four kidney failure and is starting dialysis. Um, there is quite a bit going on in Cameroon, uh, where Miss Prisca is from, and you are getting ready to go back there. Is that correct? Okay. You're you're leaving next Sunday. Okay. How long will you be gone? Five to six months. All right. So your church family is going to pray with you as well. All right. You can have a seat right there. Am I looking at Pat Jones from Nashville, Tennessee? Welcome home, ma'am. Gloria is uh, is your mom. Okay, got you. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, saints, let's let's join together in prayer. We know what God can do, right? Father, we thank you because you give us the opportunity to come to you in prayer. We thank you just for the opportunity to cast our cares on you because you care for us. Father, we just got finished studying that you're all-powerful. You're all-seeing. You know what's going on and you're able to do something about it. There is nothing too hard for you we have seen you, Lord. We've seen you work miracles in our lives. Kidney failure is not too much for you. Brain surgery is not too much for you. A stroke, that's not too hard for you. As a matter of fact, there are testimonies in this very sanctuary right now, people watching online who can testify that you're bigger than all of that. Lord, we thank you for the doctors and for the knowledge that they have, the expertise that they have, but their knowledge is limited. But you, Lord, you, you know everything, and you have all power. And so we pray for Willie and for Gloria, and we pray for Junie. Father, touch their bodies in Jesus' name. Thank you for your healing touch. And then, Lord, for Miss Annette, we pray her peace while she waits to see what she knows. 
Father, we pray for Miss Prisca. Keep her safe as she travels. Keep her from hurt, harm, and danger, and keep hurt, harm, and danger from her. No matter what's going on in Cameroon, you're God everywhere. And so we commend her to your care. Where she walks in, she brings the power of Jesus. Every, every place the sole of her foot steps on, she brings the power and authority of Jesus. She takes kingdom with her across the ocean and onto the continent. She takes kingdom with her. And I thank you, Lord, for getting her there, allowing her to do what she needs to, and bringing her back safely for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, and we thank you. Let all the saints who agree say amen. 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 God bless you all. Please keep us posted, and we'll, we'll find out how to, uh, how to stay in touch with you in Cameroon. All right. Yes, ma'am. Tell my cousins I said, hey. Yes. <laughs> All right. Good. Let's get ready to, to recommit ourselves to each other and to the Lord by way of the church covenant. Uh, the, it will be here on the screen in just a moment if you're able would you join us standing as we recommit ourselves? I'll read the part that says leader, and you read where it says congregation or people. Having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. Oh, my camera went out. Mm -hmm. That's okay, I know it. I just have to start it over again. <laughs> having, having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and on the profession of our faith. Having been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we do now in the presence of God and this assembly most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. We having major issues. I guess y'all gonna have to learn it too, huh? <laughs> right. Okay. We'll we'll do a, a church covenant challenge. <laughs> there you go. Let's read. We engage, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit, to walk together in Christian love to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge, holiness, and comfort, to promote its prosperity and spirituality, to sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines. We also engage to maintain family and secret devotion, to religiously educate our children, to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintances, to walk circumspectly in the world, 
be just in our dealings. To avoid all passions, backbiting, and excessive anger, with the aid of the Holy Spirit, to abstain from anything that the Bible calls evil, and to be zealous in our efforts to advance the kingdom of our Savior. Be slow to take offense, but always ready for reconciliation and mindful of the rules of our Savior to secure it without delay. We moreover engage that when we remove from this place, we will, as soon as possible, unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word. Let the church say amen. And you may be seated. We come together to celebrate the Lord's Supper, to remember what Jesus has done for us at Calvary. We remember his body given and his blood shed. Thank you, sir. To pay the penalty that should have been ours. He lived a sinless life. But because the wages of sin is death, he died in our place. That's good news. If you are communing with us for the first time, if you are not a part of the Mount Calvary family, we practice what is known here as open communion. That is to say, you don't have to be a member of this church to partake. If you are a part of of the Lord's family whatever the household if you are one who belongs to the Father through Jesus Christ you are welcome at the Lord's table anyone else who's been overlooked who needs to be served uh, back in the back Deacon McClure who needs to be served. was betrayed. He took bread, gave thanks, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, this bread is my body given for you. Now take and eat all of it.
likewise in the same manner after supper he took the cup he gave thanks and gave it to his disciples and said this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for the remission for the payment for sins now take and drink all of it and we thank God for Jesus I'm just grateful for Jesus that gives me strength from day soup would you go and ask mother winston to step back into the sanctuary for just a minute please thank you i just wanted to uh just on behalf of the mount calvary family um one of my siblings mentioned to me last week he said, you only let her get away with stuff because she's your mother. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. I let her get away with stuff because for 46 years, she was the first lady of the Mount Calvary family. <laughs> she has earned it. And, uh, and so we just want to say happy birthday. We can stay in that same key right there. Y'all got, got some balloons or something to bring in? And we're gonna sing a little faster than that. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mother Winston. Happy birthday to you. Hold on, we've we've got something for you. It just uh it's just taking a while to bring it out, that's all. But we do have something for everybody. Listen, I don't know a more giving person than Bobby Jean Winston. That's right. That's right. And so we thought it would be appropriate for her birthday to have something for everybody. Uh, so when you, uh, 
that the flowers and the balloons are for her, but when you go out on your way out as the ushers dismiss you, there'll be a little something special for everybody who's here, all right, in honor of Mother Winston's 89th birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday, Mom. Miss Dawn, do you have an announcement? Can y'all please be back seated? I promise we're going to get out of here. I promise. We have one announcement on the, oh, we have two announcements. I have, we have one announcement on the behalf of pastor's anniversary next week. That has something to clap about. 18 years of pastoring us. We're not the easiest people to pastor, but here you go. Good afternoon, Mount Calvary. Hello, everybody. My name is Don Turner. I have been here at Mount Calvary for a little over five years, maybe five, five and a half years. And um, I just remember when I first got here, um, I was a member of Bedside Baptist. Um, I, I frequented Bedside Baptist every morning, every Sunday morning. That's where I would watch, I would watch my sermons and I would tithe. I would tithe there because I had been in a church where I was, the pastor was preaching he was teaching, and then it was a whole lot of other stuff. So somewhere along the way, I found myself away from church and not wanting to go to church because the examples that were being set in front of me were keeping me where I was. It kept me where I was. And so I was invited here by a friend, and I only planned to visit. I truly only planned to visit. I'm telling you. I only planned to visit and transforming lives, that welcome song. Every, every Sunday when I would come in here, that welcome song just said something to me, transforming, transformation, transformation. So I kept coming, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, transformation. And I eventually joined, even though I didn't plan on it. But I'm here because I want to invite you guys to back. I mean, next Sunday is Pastor Sam's um, elect ladies' um, anniversary. That song, Transformation, and under Pastor Sam's teaching, under his preaching, under his examples, his living has truly changed my life, has truly changed my walk, has truly changed the way I talk, the way I do things. It holds me completely accountable in, in every aspect of my life, every aspect of my life. I mean, I just remember not wanting to get up, just not wanting to leave behind the things. And now I don't even remember those things of my past, not as good in detail as I used to because my life has changed. And just last week, this week, I had a talk with Pastor Sam. I was confused. I was back in a confused space where I had been before I got here. And I was not understanding, like, I know I know you. I know I know the word. I know what the Spirit was telling me. I was seeking godly counsel from, uh, from someone else, and they were in agreement with me, but I had a conversation with some saints one time. Now, no harm intended. I don't think that the conversation that I had with them was no harm intended. But they had a conversation, and it, it confused me again, right? I knew what I knew, but it kind of slipped in a little bit, and it confused me a little bit. And I didn't want to burden Pastor Sam, but I knew that that's who I needed to talk to because that was my shepherd. And I knew, and I'm like, oh, y'all, I got to talk to Pastor Sam. I have to talk to him because I'm so confused, and I've been doing good, and life is good, and everything, and, I, and I'm, I'm confused. I'm truly confused. So I met with Pastor Sam. And I spoke with him about the things that were troubling me. I spoke to him and I said, you know, this is, I've sought godly counsel and, and I'm confused. And Pastor Sam, that at that moment, looked at me and said, who told you that? Not being aggressive, not being mean, 
but as my spiritual father. He was so concerned. He was so concerned about how I was confused and how things had tripped me up a little bit, even though I knew what I knew, but he understood how I got there. But he just wanted to know as my father, as my shepherd, like, who told you that? Where did you get that from? And right then and there, I, I was a daughter. I immediately shrunk down and kind of got quiet. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not telling on them because I know it was no intention, but I did get it here. He said, you got it here at Mount Calvary? And I said, yeah, Pastor Sam, who told you that? But, of course, I ain't going to tell. I ain't telling my sisters. I ain't telling my sisters and brothers. But I said, I'm not going to tell. But just right then and there, it was another confirmation for me that I am exactly where I need to be, that he's not too big, he's not too busy. You know, God led me here on purpose. And that just brings me to say, next week, when it's time to celebrate pastor and elect lady, when it's time to celebrate them, I'm going to continue to be in prayer, and I'm going to be just as excited as I am. Let me apologize to the people on the right over here. I get a little loud. I sing in my shower voice. I scream. I holler. I do all of that. I do all of that. That's because I've learned. I've grown. You know, and it's spiritually maturing, and I know that my praise is in my spirit. I'm supposed to let that out. So I know I do. I know I hit y'all upside the head, and I might hit y'all. I do all of that. But, you know, just out of the learning and the teaching that comes from here, you know, I take it home with me. I can't write it down. I can't do, you know, can't get enough because every I'm challenged in my faith. I'm challenged in my walk, you know, because of his leadership and because of his preaching and his teaching. So next week, y'all, I'm just praying and saying, whatever, God, whatever it is that you want me to give, and I just ask y'all to join me. Whatever, God, don't plan that you're going to give me $20. Don't plan, even though pastor don't put a, a dollar on nothing, don't ask us for anything. But don't, you know what I mean? I'm praying. Whatever you say, whatever you say, however you say, bless this. However, whatever it is, if I got a stretch, you know, but I just want them to know how much they mean to me and how much he's sown into my life, and I want to be able to bless him and sow back into their life. And even with, with Lady C, even with Lady C, she opened me with open arms. She talked to me, and she's a secret keeper. That alone in my life and in my walk, I need that. I need that. So in whatever I can do to sow back in is just to let them know how much I, I appreciate them and I love them and I appreciate this ministry and everything that comes from it is what I'm going to do. So y'all join me next week, next week, October the 9th at 1030. And let's celebrate and honor and try to show our pastor and first lady what they mean to us and what they've given us into our lives. Because, I mean, I could never thank them enough. I could never thank them enough. We have one more announcement. Good morning. Still, right? Yeah. Uh, afternoon. Uh, I just come real quickly on behalf of the women's ministry. Please join us as we celebrate our breast cancer survivors and raise money to fund research to help people reduce their breast cancer risk or detect it early um, and treat it early. Making Strides Breast Cancer Walk is a non-competitive 5K that brings our community together to make a difference for everyone who's been touched by breast cancer. The Mount Calvary Women's Ministry will have a team this year and walk on October 15th from 9 until 11 a.m. at Day Air Ballpark. If you are interested in joining us, please call, leave a message with the church, and we'll get in touch with you about joining the team. And also, um, if you have questions and need answers, please come and join the Mount Calvary Women's Ministry's Girl Chat in person on November 19th from 6 to 8 p.m. Engage with 
us on a girl chat panel discussion about relationships and Christianity. You can pre-submit questions online or just ask them live. We just want to help each other just live. So if you have any questions or more de need more details or just want to connect, please reach out and join us on the Mount Calvary Women's Ministry Facebook page. Thank you. All right, let's get ready to get out of here. I know my grandma is irky. Can somebody grab them balloons and flowers for her so she can get to her baking stand? She play about a lot of things, but not her money. So yeah, yeah get, get her balloons so she can go ahead and get, get to work. Only person I know who show up for work one day a week. All right, let's get ready to get out of here. Let's continue with our worship and giving. You can give by many ways. Text to give is one option. The number for text to give is 855-908-0710. Or you can give by cash app. That's dollar sign M-T-C-A-L-M-B-C. Or you can give by the app of Giveify. That's tap, give, done. And it's an easy process if you're already checked in. Please continue to give, not for the advancement of anybody's pocket, but for the advancement of the church. Also, please don't forget to bring something special for our pastor next week. Like Ms. Don said, somebody who doesn't just preach on Sunday mornings, but who gets on Facebook every morning at 9 a.m., who takes appointments with us all week long. Um, is somebody who devotes himself to leading God's people, and we're going to take one day out the year to honor him, and I ask that we show up. If anybody considers themselves a member, drag them to the church next week and make sure they bring their pocketbook with them, all right? All righty. Let's stand so we can get ready to get out of here. Although we are now not mass guaranteed or is not required, we are still going to follow our exit procedure. If I'm correct, Minister Wortham, I can't see. We're still going to follow our exit procedure. So after the benediction, I ask that you please be seated and follow the direction of the ushers as we exit. Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Let all the saints who agree together say amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you for your continued generosity. Your financial contributions help to transform lives, to reveal the glory of God's kingdom. For your convenience, you can use the Giveify app on your smartphone, the Cash app, or if you're in the Dayton, Ohio area, you may drop off your contribution at the Mount Calvary Church at the address shown. Thank you for worshiping virtually with us today. We look forward to being able to worship together in person soon. Until then, in the words of Pastor Sam, just live.